Welcome to another episode of Corporate CPR, where we breathe life back into your organization, projects, and processes, giving you insights to recovery and avoiding corporate mortality events. Joining us today is my good friend, Gina Schreck. Uh, LinkedIn ranked Gina as one of the top 24 B2B marketers to follow in 2019 and 2020, as well as being named top 30 global guru in 2020 and 2021 for internet marketing. Gina is the CEO at Social Connects, a digital marketing agency, and the founder of the Village Workspace and Barnworks, two co-working spaces in South Denver. She's author of Social Media Doesn't Work Unless You Do. At home, Gina is the wife and co-founder of four grown kids and three crazy Chewinis. She's traveled the globe scuba diving, skydiving, and climbing to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Welcome, Gina. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> co-founder of four children always gets people. Are they your kids? Yes. I co-founded them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. I remind you of that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Unless well, they want to fly out. <laughs> we should, you didn't co-found the Chewinis, though. <laughs> I didn't. Kurt it, was it was an acquisition. It was an acquisition. That was a merger and acquisition. We merged them one at a time <laughs> right. into the, into the family. Nice. Well, um, Gina, obviously we've known each other for a while. And, and one of the things that you're, you know, obviously an expert at is, is marketing and social media. And, um, and, you know, thought we'd talk about it a little bit today. Obviously everybody knows they need to be out there and have a presence. Um, it, that's kind of common sense, but not everybody does it very well. Um, in in a way to stay relevant. So what are some of those kind of key mistakes that you see um, uh, organizations making around their their social media and marketing? I mean, a lot of times I always look at businesses that are doing it well, and I say what they're doing well is they're letting us get to know them and like them because they're sharing kind of behind the scenes. We're seeing some fun parts of them. But then we also see content that tells us they are the authority in that industry, that they have the answers. When I'm looking for, you know, whatever the the problem I'm having, they seem to have content that proves they're the authority. And to me, that's what businesses really have to look at is, are we, I mean, so many businesses just put promotional content or they put really boring average content. I call it oatmeal content. And it's so bland that when I read it, I go, I can read this anywhere. So mm-hmm. it's not helpful to me. It doesn't tell me you're an authority. It tells me you're a regurgitator. You're just regurgitating what everybody else is putting out there. So as a business to really be prolific in the content you're putting out, but in a way that proves um, that not only are you authority, but you have opinions about your industry. And I think people are afraid to, to share opinions these days. They're afraid yes. to take a stand. Absolutely, because you get canceled. <laughs> like how many companies out there uh, get canceled just for, you know, and sometimes it's seemingly innocuous things like, you know, the, it, it, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. There was there was an organization that didn't know, and I, I wish I could remember, but didn't understand what the meaning of the hashtag was. Um, oh, hashtag reasons I left or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was the pizza and it was like, because you didn't have good pizza. Um, not realizing it was about uh, domestic violence. So like, let's talk a little bit about that. Like how do, you know, companies 
in their eagerness to get out there. <laughs> well, and you know what I really think that boils down to is, and this is whenever companies work with us, I always, they ask me like, is it better to outsource social media or is it better to take it in-house? And I go, well, there's pros and cons because the pro to outsourcing it is you're going to outsource it to a, an agency that they're up on all that stuff. They know, they know better because they, there's a group of them and they, they live this every single day. The downside to outsourcing it is they're not sitting next to you. So they don't know your culture as well as you do, your internal folks do. They're, they're going to have to communicate differently because you really have to make sure that there's open communication and regular communication. So it tends to be, you know, a little more work. When you, when you bring somebody in-house, the positive is you probably don't have to feed them a lot of content because they know everything that's going on. The downside is they're siloed and they don't know all the things that happen. I mean, I was telling somebody within a company who's a marketing director about, she was asking about reels on Instagram. And I said, well, you know, today, this was yesterday. I said, today, Facebook rolled out reels. So you could do this on your Facebook. She goes, oh, I had no idea. That's because you don't listen to podcasts every day about marketing and social media like an outsource so yeah to me you have to and it's hard i know this it's hard to stay up on mm -hmm. everything that's going on but hashtags get so many companies in trouble because they don't first do a search just do a simple search for that hashtag in instagram on facebook even linkedin search the hashtag i like i tell people go to a website called hashtag if i so it's hashtag and then ify hashtagify.com if you put in a hashtag it'll search and give you how many times is this used what's the meaning of the hashtag who are the most um you know who are the top influencers using that hashtag so just do a little bit of research before you try to sneak in and try to gain some market share by or eyeballs by using a hashtag because yeah it can get you in trouble well the other one i see is there's a lot of companies out there who um we admire for their humor like wendy's and you know pop, you, tarts. pop yeah. tarts my favorite <laughs> <laughs> but you know um there's also a lot of failed attempts so when you're trying to come up with this like persona of how you're going to come across on social media like what do you have to what thought should organizations put behind that? That's such a, like, that is the brilliant question every brand should start with before they go on to social media. Because you have to ask yourself, what is our personality as a company? What are three words that describe your brand? Not three words that you wish described your brand. But what are three words that really describe your brand? Because if it's serious, if it's professional, if it's conservative, and then all of a sudden you bring somebody on to do social media and they're trying to be fun and they're trying to be Pop-Tarts, um, you're going to have a problem, guaranteed. But if your brand is supposed to be fun and a little sassy and, uh, I mean, Pop-Tarts had to have said, let's be snarky on here. Let's go all out on this. And they're okay with it. Well, mm then it matches. It's, you know, it's consistent and it's, it's congruent with what they're trying to achieve. So really understand what is our, what are the words that, that describe us? And if you wish it was different, what do you have to do to be different inside in your culture at, as well as what people see on the outside? Because if employees see that you're trying to be something else to your customers, employees will sabotage your marketing and, Mm -hmm. they will say that's not who we are or they'll you know they'll comment on things and you don't want them to or they'll yeah. tell people yeah that's not how we really are so mm -hmm. 
identify that personality. Yeah. So, so the other thing then I guess is you've, you've identified that and now you've got content and you're pushing it out, but, but you, you mentioned this before, there's so many things to stay up on. Like, so, I mean, um, I guess there's probably some analysis around where are our customers or where where are we going to have the biggest impacts? How do how do how do organizations go through that? Not not only where because where you you don't have to be everywhere. I always say pick one platform, nail it before you scale it. You know, get on that platform, be there every day, show up every day, be your brand out there, be helpful. You know, my three rules are be helpful, be interesting, or be quiet. And be on there every day being helpful and interesting. And interesting could be the the personality side of your brand. Interesting could be trivia and and facts about your industry. It doesn't always have to be your company. It could be your industry. And then when you look at what type of content, and because where you show up, the, the place you pick should be where are most of our customers? Where are most of our clients? Where do they hang out? Don't try to be everywhere because it's really hard. It's a lot of work. You just put the same post and be there. You have to put the content that matches that channel. So some channels are more formal like LinkedIn. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so to me, where where you show up should be determined by where your customers or clients are. What you show up with is, I, I like to tell people, start with 10 FAQs. Just a simple list of your frequently asked questions. What, and, and I don't mean necessarily what people ask you, but what do you think your consumer types into Google when they're searching for your services, your products, your solutions? What question are they typing in Google? And write down those questions. And then ask your frontline team, every time you hear somebody call in with a question, Please give that to us because that's content that you need to create because your best content for social and your best SEO for your for your search engine marketing is writing content that answers the questions people are typing in Google. So if you understand what people are really struggling with and what questions they have, you can now say, OK, how can we create content that on the platform we're choosing? Because depending on the platform, it may need it may need to be short form video. You know, if it's on Instagram, you want to be on Reels. You want to create those you know pieces of content that are really doing well on Reels and Facebook, and that's short form video. But it can't just be goofy you dancing, and then you go, <laughs> oh, we went viral, um, or I'm lip syncing a song, and look, that's going to go viral. It's going to go. It, you might get a bunch of views, but it's from the wrong people, and. <laughs> one time you know where can you show up and be consistent with mm. this type of content because that's i see that a lot i see people they go oh reels is a hot thing it's like tiktok you know it's a copy of tiktok so they go on there and they make you know two or three videos and then they don't make any more so let's say that you got a bunch of people because they happen to see your videos they're like oh this was really funny it was entertaining but then none of the other content you're putting out matches mm. that they're gonna leave Right. And the people who have been following your content, they see these three videos and are going, what's happening? What's going, you know, so consistency is important. But look at the, the questions you're getting, what, what type of content I can create, and then what's the channel we're going on so we can make sure that we're creating great, meaty content that's really 
it's educational, it's entertaining, it's it's the interesting and helpful content. I mean, it almost feels though like you have to be like um, a full-fledged uh, production company or <laughs> marketing company these days to be able to, you know. It's crazy. I, I always say we're in this industry. I mean, I've, I've been in this industry for 13 years in the digital space, just the digital space, in the marketing space for 26 years, but in the digital marketing space for 13 years. And I go, and we're overwhelmed <laughs> every day going, oh my gosh, there's a new, you know, there's a new thing. You know, now Facebook wants you using WhatsApp and Instagram and, you know, it, it, it's overwhelming. However, to simplify it, Go back to those 10 FAQs. Go back to your FAQs whenever you want to simplify. What are the questions? And then ask yourself, what's the best way I can create content? Some people love writing. Other people hate writing, but they could talk. They could do a podcast. Mm. Or maybe they don't mind video. Very few people will jump on a video. But <laughs> you have someone on your team that can jump on a video. Um, get on a video and just answer those questions. You know, t here's today's. Here's today's question of the week. And then you say the question and then you answer that question. If it's in audio form, and, and to be honest, you could take the video and the audio, take the transcriptions from it and have somebody clean it up a little bit and make it a blog post, pick it into right. pieces and make it social media posts. So that's the production side of it. If you really wanted to make a bunch of content, but if you were at least creating, if in the most simple form, if you were creating one great piece of content a week answering a question that your audience probably has and then you mix in a little bit of social so that we get to know like and trust you that's great social media content in its simplest form and then be consistent what happens if a company is like we just don't really care about having a social media presence what do you think will happen you know, with them. I hear that all the time. And I, and then let's say two years, three years down the road, they say, okay, we want to get on social. How do we get customers right away? And I always say, you've ignored people for 13 years and now you expect to get customers. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I don't know of an industry that should not be on social in one way or another, because mm. people use different social channels to validate is this a good business are you are you legit they also use social to learn i mean social media sadly is our our generation's um main source of news and yes absolutely yeah. so it could be that you feel that your company is a very serious conservative professional um brand then you need to pick linkedin and maybe twitter and say how do i get on those two channels and really be the authority in our industry. How can I get on there and share content that answers questions and be the authority in this industry? And maybe you're blogging and then you're sharing it on LinkedIn and Twitter. And to mm -hmm. me, again, if you feel like, oh, I'm I'm not social, and my brand isn't social, I don't wanna be on there with all the people on Facebook. I mean, I love it when people tell me, I don't think my customers are on social media, <laughs> I said. 3 billion people are on social media. I'm guessing some of those are your customers. So they're right. there. It's just how do you want to meet them? But if yeah. you're ignoring them, there are people who, yeah, you you could just say, I don't want, I just want to do face-to-face -face, um, selling. I, I hear people say, I'm a people person, not a technology person. 
I go, well, I don't know how long you can stay in business. How many customers are coming up this next generation that are going to be connecting that way? Mm. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. So while it might work now, one, you won't be able to scale, and two, it may die out as... You might, maybe you have just enough customers right now, and you're perfectly happy. But what happens if two of those customers leave? You right. know, and people do that where they wait to market until they're behind in sales. Mm. We all know that's the worst time to be marketing because you start marketing desperately and you start marketing in a way that you're like, okay, every every single post I put out should should net sales and it doesn't. And so you're frustrated with with marketing. You know, we should always be we should always be marketing in everything we do and say. Mm. Well, and that made me think of something else I wanted to ask you. So there's there's lots of places you can pour your money. There are a lot of, you know, um, whether it's paying for LinkedIn advertising, whether it's promoting on Google or these companies who are like, oh, we'll make you video reels that then you can put out. Like, I mean, you could suck your entire revenue stream into, yeah. into content. So how do you even make decisions about where to spend money and the yeah. value there? Even a small business should look at what is the percentage of my sales that I want to be spending on marketing, whether that's 10% of sales should go to marketing or whether you say, I can't afford 10% of sales. You know, first of all, you need to understand your numbers in your business. So you can say, I need a percentage of, of my revenue going towards marketing, but definitely don't dive in by spending a lot of money first. Um, you know, to me, even when people want to run ads, I say, okay, we, let's start small. Let's start with $50. And then let's find which ad starts getting traction. Then you add money to that budget to the point where now, you know, it's converting. I don't want to get too technical, but you, you want to know yeah. what it's converting yeah. at. So let's say that I'm spending $10 on an ad. I should be making at least $11 right. in, in my, in a sales funnel that I'm laying out. So when people just want to throw money at ads, I go, but what, what is that ad going to do? What's your sales funnel so that you're able to measure whether that ad makes sense? Until you have that done, you shouldn't be throwing money at ads. You should really be looking at, okay, what can I do myself in the simplest form? Can I commit to one article a week or one video a week or one podcast a week? If you can do that, start with that. Then you start seeing where you get traction, but be consistent. Then you right. say, can I have somebody come and take this article and actually pull pieces out of it and repurpose it so mm -hmm. I can have more posts going out in a week if you're going to start small. But yeah, it could be that you need a really good copywriter. I mean, we have a client that we work with. He's wonderful um, out there speaking, but he, he doesn't like to write and <laughs> he can't write, you know? So he knows I need to have somebody do copywriting. Right. Because I need them to take my content and get it out there. So for established companies, so not so much startups or scaling or solopreneurs, but like actual established organizations, um, what what is a good marketing budget? Like what is that percent of sales that is usually a industry standard? 10%, if you look at, say, 10% of my sales is going to be towards a marketing budget. And that might be events. It might be conferences that you're... Um, I mean, that has to go into it as well. It's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to have a booth at a conference. Um, how much is that going to cost? Who's going? What's, you know, what's the total cost? Not just the registration, but what's that cost to go to them? And then, and then when I do sign up for that, how do I maximize that? 
using free social tools to get more traction on the conference that I'm going to. So, you know, being smart with your marketing dollars as well. If you're a local business, so if you're an established business, but you serve a local audience, I would put 90% of my marketing into Google My Business. I mean, it's if you're a local business, Google My Business is your number one. Everybody should be paying attention to that, but especially Google My Business because so many people now, they just ask, they ask their phones. You know, they're talking to their phones. What's the nearest whatever near me? And what's the nearest uh, orthodontist near me? What's the nearest whatever? We just talk to our phones. And and so you need to make sure your Google My Business profiles are optimized and kept current every week. Um, you can't just put it up there and leave it. You really want to make sure every week you're keeping it fresh. It's filled out with lots of you know, photos and good content. But for a service business, you know, you look at and say, is it better to do Google ads or Facebook ads if you're going to spend money on advertising? Well, then it depends on what you're selling because service, you know, again, if I, if I go to my computer and I type in a question that I'm struggling with, what's the best software for whatever a Google ad is going to meet me where I'm looking Right. Facebook is not. I don't go on Facebook and search. <laughs> right. You know? So Facebook is good and LinkedIn is even good for awareness and becoming yeah. LinkedIn. I always say that's where you become the authority. Show up there regularly, put out good content. You become the authority in that industry that people see you showing up and, and answering questions versus Facebook. People see you. They get to know your brand. It's awareness. What about, so one thing I've, I've, to me, it's very intuitive how to market um, products or especially market B2C. But yeah. what about B2B people? Like that just well, seems. It's still a B2C. I mean, it's still, a, 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 I guess we should call it B2P. It's a business to person. Um, and people are on, fa- I mean, people are on Facebook, but they're not searching for business content. I'm on Facebook to look at my cousin's wedding pictures. Right. You know, right. <laughs> I happen to see you interrupting me with an ad of your webinar. That's probably not the best place to, to me. If you're a B to B, you need to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, 90% of businesses that are B to B should be on, they should be active on LinkedIn. Um, right. And you should be working LinkedIn. And that means like you should, I tell people just most of the time, log into your LinkedIn profile in the morning, like, comment, share a few things, comment on other people's stuff, um, you know, show that you're um, interested in the community that's there. And then you look at, I mean, you look at top business leaders in the world. I mean, Richard Branson puts out blog posts on LinkedIn all the time. So it's like, okay, are you being that thought leader? Are you being that authority putting out that content on, on LinkedIn? If you're, if you're B2B, that's where you need to make sure that you're putting out that type of content. Great, meaty, very, um, I I don't want to say opinionated, but (laughs) very different content. Like what, think different, write different. Don't write the ordinary um, and put that on LinkedIn you know, B2C, I mean, and I'm in both worlds because our digital marketing agency, we're B2B. Mm -hmm. Um, Our our co-working spaces, we're still B2B, 
but a lot of it's B2C. Then we get an individual right. that wants to come in for an office or we get a right. business that's looking for a team. So like I, for, for the co-working space, I explored and I'm on clubhouse and I'm, I'm in mm -hmm. these groups that are discussing co-working challenges. And I'm, I started out there just to be, which, which is a recommendation I have on any social channel, go there to be a learner, get on any new platform before you start using it and just be a learner. How are people using it? Who's hanging out here? What questions are they asking? Who's the authority on this channel in this industry? Watch what they do. Not so you can copy it, but so that you understand how to use it. And, right. you know, a lot of these tools that are new, I get on and I'm, I'm just a learner. I'm just there to see how people do things. And then, of course, you after a while, you can't sit quiet for very long. At least I can't. And then I want to <laughs> okay, I have something to say on that. <laughs> and then and then you get involved that way. Um, and people see, oh, she knows something about this industry. Um, so, yeah, where you go, B2B or B2C, it's still you're still trying to reach a person because right. even Social Connects, we get people through, although it's different. I, I know that. I mean, we're in a marketing industry. So people, even if I'm a marketing director for a large company, I'm going to be on Facebook, Instagram, seeing who does it well. So I know how to connect there. Um, mm -hmm. But if I were, you know, a, a, a software company, I'm not looking for software companies on Facebook. I'm just not. Right. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm in groups. I'm in user groups. I'm looking there. Who's answering questions? Yeah, it took us, you know, like with Project Genetics, we didn't join Instagram for a long time because it's like people don't go there to go buy, you know, project management consulting. Right. But, um, you know, I eventually was like, oh, but we can go be inspirational and maybe put a little humor in there. Humor doesn't seem to work as well on LinkedIn. So no, <laughs> no humor on LinkedIn. Well, Instagram, I get to know you as a brand and I see behind yeah. the peek behind the curtain. You know, I get to see yeah. your brand and who works there. And I, I get to know you as a person. And then when I want the serious, you know, content, I go to I go to LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really hard to, to, to make those decisions of where to put that effort, because obviously we have limited time and limited. And that's dollars. what I say. It's time. All of it is I always go. It's not rocket science. It's time consuming, which is, again, you that's when you start knowing, OK, maybe we need to bring somebody on or mm -hmm. outsource because it's too time consuming, even for our marketing team. Like we work with a couple of companies that have a marketing team, but they're putting on webinars and events. And then they outsource the social media to us so we can help promote and magnify the message that they're working on internally. And so, you know, that's when you know, okay, let's add a person to help magnify what we're doing because now we need, it's, it's too much time. Mm -hmm. How, how should, um, so talking about struggling companies, maybe, or, you know, companies are like, we've got to revitalize, you know, maybe especially during the pandemic, right? A lot of them struggled. How much is marketing and like an actual investment versus maybe an expense? Like, how do you make sure that you're not, that you are getting that ROI and you aren't just being desperate? And yeah, again, I would not like, and I know there's a lot of companies during COVID, you know, they just. Sadly, a lot of them just went on pause for everything. Yeah, absolutely. The time they were still creating content. 
free content. So now you're at a point going, okay, how do we get back in the game and what should we be focused on? I still think this is a time to be heartfelt with your community, regardless of your industry. Um, what is your message to your customers? What, what kind of heartfelt and um, important messages, helpful content? How are you as a hurting business helping your hurting customers and clients? Because you've got clients that are in the same boat. So what can you say to that? You know, are you realizing the importance of mental health within your own organization right now? What are you guys, let's bring that to the table. Let's talk about that. Let's write an article about it. Um, are you realizing that, you know, right now, retention and recruiting is just crazy. What kind of creative ideas could you write about? I mean, we're doing a, a, a reality show with called the, <laughs> did you see my incredible turns? And we're going to do a reality show uh, 30, mm -hmm. uh, every 30 I days. I actually sent it to my sister. I was like, you should go do this because she's, she's an English major. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's still like trying to find her world, like her way in the world of, of, of writing. Hello, come on. Looking for people who are looking to change careers, which a lot of companies now need to say, how can we get creative? Yeah. We're not able to recruit the same way we used to recruit. Okay, on social media, we can write blog posts about this. We can do videos about this. We can we can talk about this. And these are the things that I think companies that are hurting need to be doing is getting strip away the promotion and build relationships with people because I think right now people are so open to that. And they're connecting with brands differently. They're connecting with brands who seem to be being really honest with them and saying, you know, this is what's going on. And here's how we're here to help. And um, let's, we're all in this together. So tell us your questions. Tell us your frustrations. We want to be able to bring you resources. So maybe that even feeds into my next question was about like, there's so much content out there. How do you stand out? And 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 I keep going to in my head um, to you know the purple cow. Right. Um, like, how do you come up with your purple cow that you stand out? Is it the relationships or or, or what? Yeah, your purple cow and your and your blue oceans and your or the red oceans. And it's interesting because we've been looking at that um, like right now in a big way with our coworking going. Where do we need to go that's that's different? What What's not being served? What's not being served up? Um, in social media, you know, what's how what's different about how we deliver content? So I think, you know, where you go is when you're writing content, to me, it goes back to that. Don't just write content to write content. Okay, we've got to get an article out. Let's get something out and write it about something we've done already or um, just something, regurgitate something else really just pause and say, what is a different angle on this? And, and so the downside to that is it's, it takes more time because you really have to think differently and you have to think deeper. And as a team, we have to get together and we have to say, let's talk about this. What is the same old, same old that everybody else? I mean, if you go to your own website and you look at all the statements on your website and say, who else says this in our industry? Who else says this in our industry? Everybody says it. So what's different about your brand and how can you write content about that? How are you helping your customers in a unique way right now? Or what solutions are, how are you, I mean, just what are you doing that's different? Or or what's happening in your industry 
that you have an opinion on. Mm-hmm. And can you write about that in a way? Your goal isn't to alienate people. Your goal, though, is to show people this is where we stand. This is how we help. This is what we do. And it's not the same as everybody else. Mm-hmm. What do you think about organizations who... <clears throat> To me, there's a balance between business and social issues. Um, and a lot of companies are getting way into social issues right? Uh, and really taking a stand for whichever direction. I, what do you see? Does that do to their brand on social, you know, social media? If that's the brand is, you need to do it. Um, mm. I think that's, you can't do it just because everybody else is doing it. Because people see right through that. Uh, you know, people who are talking about Black Lives Matter, but you look at their About Us page, there's not one place on their website that the word black or black person or anyone on their team that is of color, um, then is so incongruent and people see that. I mean, I see that. And I'm just like, oh, it makes me cringe. Like everybody's so involved in social issues. But then you look at their content everywhere. Nowhere else is that congruent you know they're just putting hashtags and it's like for now it's this and in six months you won't see that anymore there's a wonderful woman on uh instagram i think it's called gg i think her account is called gg and it's the letter g the letter g gg makes this or gg made this gg made this um and it's a black woman who knits so here's an industry that i i don't knit i'm not even like i don't know how to sew anything um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to sew a, a strap on my daughter's. Uh, she's in a wedding this weekend. I had to sew a strap. I was like, girl, you know, I can't, I'm going to have to do this with a needle and thread. Like that is my extent of sewing. Um, but this account, I loved it because she's been very popular because she um, shares all her knitting. She knits in all orange. So I love it because her brand is, is the, is orange and I love orange, but um one day she she used a hashtag or she I think she commented on somebody else's blog um, because somebody was saying, why do we have to turn everything into a social conversation? This should be about knitting. And her comeback, and I think the thing that got her um, kind of famous online was she wrote and said, when you step on my toe, even if you don't know it, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And that statement um, blew up. And so she lost followers, but she also has like half a million followers um, because people realize, okay, I'm either with her or I'm not. So I think mm-hmm. your brand is consistent with that message all the time. Right. Or maybe you woke up and had this realization that we need to be, whether it's climate change, whether it's, you know, all the stuff going on with COVID. If, if you really as a company believe that and you're going to take a stand on that, then you better make sure that it's consistent with everything within your company because nothing is worse to me than when somebody says that they are and then you look at what they're doing, nothing says that they are. And I guess the other thing you have to be be comfortable with is that you can't be everything to everybody because as soon as you right. take a stand you're you are saying these are our customers, this is our tribe or right. Right. And yeah. And again, be prepared to have people leave and be prepared to have people hate you. And I always go, that's kind of a good thing when people hate you because then you know, like, I'm not in the oatmeal anymore. Right. 
I'm on one well, side. It's scary. it's scary, though, to have, you know, and, and, well, you know what? That's like saying uh, I, we have people that come to us and they've got, you know, an email list of 30,000 people. And then they get a thousand people that open their emails. And I go, get rid of the people who don't open your emails. Cut your email list. And they can't because they're like, oh, but these are people who signed up for stuff. I go, they never open your content. They don't want your content. They're they they're not like it's the same concept. We're hanging on to numbers. I have right. this followers in social media. It's like, who cares? Are they buying from you? No, get rid of them. Like get the people who love you to love you more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but the, I guess the other thing, and maybe it ties back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier is like, so on social media, people can hide, like the end users can hide behind, you know, the computer yeah. screen. And so, you know, um, you get a lot more brutal following sometimes like what do you mean and you just have i mean you do over the years i mean i've had people literally i can remember being out of town i was speaking at a conference and i can't remember what we were even talking about and it was something about um you shouldn't care about like just follow like your goal isn't to get a bunch of followers because if that's your goal i could get you ten thousand naked spammers tomorrow i mean i could get them i could buy them They'll never buy from you. And right. then the guy went on this whole rampage about, oh, easy for you to say because you have so many followers. And I think at the time on Twitter, I had over 100,000 followers. And and I, I just remember going, you're missing the whole point. And he went and he was just mean, 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 mean. And I was just like, okay, block. Like, block. Mm -hmm. Block people. Mm -hmm. Get rid of them. Don't don't waste your energy on them. Um, although not a good not good advice for a brand to go around blocking oh. people. So it's yeah. funny that you said that because just just like two weeks ago or something, there's there was a woman on LinkedIn who, so two times before she had posted something really negative on a post that I posted, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And it, I, ironically, like, um, she had wanted to work for me, and it didn't work out because the client ended up not hiring somebody. And I'm like, oh, maybe I dodged a bullet there, like you know, because she's being so negative on a. On a like when when I interviewed, you know, after I interviewed her and and then so then this last time, um, you know, we were trying to promote one of our con consultants who is coming available and, and she posts extremely negative, like, oh, yeah, so you do this for your own people. But why aren't you out there doing this for everyone else? And it's like, well, I'm happy to help other people. It's a but I'm also don't want to have to fire somebody because I have no work for them. And and so I did. I um I I, I didn't block her, but I disconnected with her because I was thinking, yeah. well, I don't want my stuff to show up in her feed for her to then comment on. Right. <laughs> well, somehow she figured that out within an hour and was emailing me. So oh interesting. I just always amazed because I've had people send like nasty grams on Twitter. I don't think I've ever had it on Instagram or Facebook, but I'm always like, there's a little button at the top. I'm pretty sure it's still there. It says unfollow. Like, right. why are you wasting your time on my content? Like, right. go away. And you know what? I will never lose sleep over you unfollowing me. Never. Never. Right. Right. I, will be, I will be happier because you won't keep coming in. There. And I think brands have to be careful. Like we, we manage a couple of hotels. And if somebody says something nasty about the brand, the hope some, somebody in the management says, we need to block that person. I go, Oh, you be careful because when you block somebody, now they're going to go somewhere where they can vent about you 
off of your platform. So, you know, sometimes you have to look at and it's same thing on a, you know, a review. If somebody posts a, a negative review, you can't delete the reviews. We can't delete them on, on Google, but on Facebook, there's a way you can change your category and all of a sudden you can remove your reviews. Um, but that person's going to show up somewhere else. So yeah. try to address the problem. But if a person is just persistently nasty, it's just like you want to say, unfollow us. Like you don't need to be, yeah. don't upset yourself. Yeah, you know, not accepting disagreement is it, it can be really dangerous. There, there's a, a prominent figure out there who has a Facebook channel, you know, a Facebook page who puts a lot of advice out. Well, as soon as people disagree, they get removed from. Right. And it's like, well, then I don't know that you're an authority then if you can't handle you people can't handle disagreements. Shouldn't we all be seeking somebody who has a different opinion so that we grow? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and disagreement can create cool, you know, great discussion as well. It's, I mean, the whole point is about what is what is disagreement versus like uh, bullying and abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, the difference. Like if somebody if somebody disagrees with something on our brand that we put, we're going to have a conversation so that people can see the conversation and get involved in the conversation. But if somebody then takes it to a personal attacking to an individual, it's like, OK, no, now you've crossed the line. Now you're blocked. And if you want to persist. Then I'm going to report you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so Gina, that's been a lot of fun. But you know, in closing, tell me like your top three tips of what organizations need to do to um, avoid a mortality event when it comes to their social media presence. You know, start showing up every day. Find the one platform. If you're not on, if you're not on anything right now, or you're not active on anything, you might have accounts everywhere that are now like abandoned homes everywhere. Um, but find the one that you can brush the dust off of and um, show up there every day and be helpful. And you'll be surprised at the people that will start slowly building and coming back and trusting you and wanting to wanting to work with you. Um, be helpful and be interesting. And just showing up consistently, being helpful and interesting. It, you don't need thousands of followers. You need a few followers that really, really trust you and like you. Yeah, your tribe. Yeah, yeah. So, Gina, if people want to learn more about what you do, um, where, where do they find you? Um, I always say it's best to Google my name because I'm on now so many with The Village and Barnworks and Social Connects. And, um, but, yeah, Google my name. I'm, a, I'm on Gina Shrek, at Gina Shrek, on every social channel. Um, and so you can contact me that way as well. Definitely connect on LinkedIn. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks, and, Kim. Uh, it's so fun. <laughs> and until next time, to our listeners, uh, keep your organizations healthy. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>